This is Kelly Jones, and you have been listening to Spoiler Country. It's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Henrik and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. United Armies of the Spoilerverse, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kendrick Regan. That's Mr. Horsley. And today on the show, well, it's part three of our amazing Kelly Jones interview, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's it. the longest interview we've done on record in our last, uh, I, I think this is episode like 395, if I'm looking wow. at it right. Yeah, 395 episodes. No, no sorry. This, this is 96. 396. Wow. So, and basically our last almost 400 episodes, we've never had an, epi- an interview last this long. So it's kind of impressive. And it's funny because about 200 episodes ago, I was thinking to myself, it's like, hmm, we have a lot of two-part episodes because they last long. We cut them up as I talked about in the last episode we did. When are we ever going to have a three-part one? And here it is. And here it is. Here we go. <laughs> Today's We're episode, to though, we talk about out. you. Well, what's that? I said, we are ready to rock this out. We are. I just want to tell everybody this one. As you can tell from the title, it's called Sandman and the Long Goodbyes because you guys talk about Sandman and Sam Keith and, and his work and his work on Sandman as well as Kelly's work on Sandman. And you guys try and say goodbye to each other, but you fail more than once. So <laughs> that was so <laughs> funny. We literally said goodbye. I want to say three times during that interview. Yeah. <laughs> and but it was just it was, so funny. Yeah. But let's take a listen to you and Kelly chat about Sandman and all the other fun stuff you do. I thought there. I I thought. I bet you there's people out there like me. Maybe there's a few of them like me. I knew there was. With Sam Keith used to say that all the time. There's yeah. got to be people like us out there, you know, because at that time it was just so mainstream superhero, and we love superheroes. It's just they wouldn't let us do what we would do with them, right? And so, so I remember him sitting in my kitchen once, and we were talking about this. And he's saying, Kelly, we don't look like this guy. and We don't look like that guy. And I go, no, but they don't look like us either. And granted, more people are going to like them, but maybe there's some out there like us. And there's got to be a place like for people like us. And as it turned out, the people we I'm talking about, they're long gone and Sam and I are still around. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Kelly, we got to... We, we we got to reschedule you because I swear to God, I feel like you and I could talk for another twenty hours. 
Well, we we scratched the surface. We did. We scratched the surface, yeah. and I feel like I I want to I, I want to get all your stuff in because th- this is too much win. You know what I mean? You have literally given me chills at times talking about some of the experiences and some of the things you've gone through. These are things that I'm vicariously living through you on some of this because not only are you a fan like Jeff and I are and like our whole crew here at Spoiler Country, John, my my other co-host, is he he writes and draws comics. He's got a yeah. he's actually got a series called The Einzenthal that's coming out. He just wanted to let you know he couldn't make it tonight, but he loves your work and he Absolutely, you know, Sandman is his favorite. Are his favorite books? Just I think Jeff said the same thing. But the, yeah, you know, that's it, quintessential Sandman to him is a lot of your stuff, and then all the Batman. He just loves it, and he wanted to let you know that. Well, uh, I appreciate that. No, I do. Yeah, because a lot of times when I do these things, I I it gets very narrow where I'm. It's just me in a room going, "How am I interested and not bored today?" Yeah. How do I make this fun for me? And you wonder if that's going to, you know, once you come out of that and you turn in, you go, maybe that was a mistake. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have thought that way. Um, but, but it worked. And look, I was very grateful at the, the show I was telling you where I met Wrightson. Yeah. Neil Adams was there. And before the show opened that day, I, was, I got there early and Wrightson and I were having a cup of coffee and we're just talking. And he comes up and Neil always has an entourage. And Neil comes up and he's with his wife and he says, hey, Kelly. And I'm, well, I, you know, and I, I've met him a few times, a little bit, but nothing major. And I go, yes. I, and I stand up, I shake his eyes. Hey, Neil. And he goes, and he, and he blows me off and he goes to his wife. This is the guy. He says, this is the guy I was telling you about. This is the guy. And he looks at me and says, and he go, he starts naming from the 40s and the 50s, uh, certain artists that were to him, Jerry Robinson and all the major people that were known for Batman of that decade. And he goes, you were the nineties. You're Batman. <laughs> yeah. Stood out. So yeah. You're still lasts. You're still last. And I was telling my wife that, that you're one of the guys. You're one of the guys. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Right. This is amazing. And then he goes, and you, and you figured out how to do dead man in a totally different way than I would. I'd never think like that. And writes and nudges me because Bernie knows him really well. Right. And I didn't. And I go, well, thank you. Though, thank you. You know, I, I, I'm not really saying anything. I'm just saying thank you. And it was so weird because that's Neil frickin' Adams. Right. <laughs> and and I'm thinking at that point, he's talking about another guy because <laughs> I'm sitting here fanning out on rights and telling him how much you- his black and white work on in Creepy and Eerie right. still, to me, just absolutely resonates. Right. I, I, it's, a, it's a clinic on rendering and texture and atmosphere. And he comes up and he's doing and he starts doing this, but it meant a lot, you know, because once you get to know Neil, he doesn't really do that. So when he did it, you know, it was clearly that he knew I wasn't a threat to him in any way. His his reputation is solid forever. But I was so divergent from him, but kept to the core of those characters that he respected it. It's so odd seeing Neil Adams now on Facebook. I see him like it almost is. every day doing live and him drawing stuff and then selling stuff. And it's just like, oh, it's so odd. <laughs> it, it, it is. I think I think it's one of those things that, well, certain people become a, a, of a legendary status. Steranko, him, Frazetta for sure. Oh, yeah. And it's almost like, should I meet them or not? Do I want to know them or not? Because right, right. They might, so, the myth might so be busted. Iconic. 
yeah, and you don't want anything to be broken like that. But yeah. you take that chance because, uh, you know, you have to. You know, he's one of the c- coolest guys. I remember. In- Go ahead. Well, I just I remember the the being disappointed so many times. You know, you're yeah. always afraid. Yeah, especially when they have a weird handler that just it's like you you can't say anything or you know what I mean. They're, uh, they're just the trying worst to- part. Is, the worst part is when you're with one of the in my position. I'm with someone. And they're being okay with me, but they're being shits to everybody else. Yeah, and then you feel like, Ugh. And, I, and then they're gonna think I'm a shit, and then so I have to go and like more than try to go make up to everybody. Right. You know, I'm like, hey, you know who's no, a really okay. cool artist that is just wonderful with the fans, and I always feel bad because him and I, uh, he's been on the show and we talk all the time, and so when I go to like a con and he's and he's there because he lives in Seattle now. And he's there, yeah. and we and we're sitting there talking. I gotta go. Hey, man, I gotta go because you got a line out the door. Is uh, Ben Templesmith? Yeah. Oh, he is a joy to talk to, and he listens to everybody, interacts, knows that he's lucky to have these people that want to come up, want to talk to him about his stuff, and not only that, drop a bill just for him to sign a a piece of artwork that he just you know he drew up for them, and just. Yeah, he's, he's, I think he's. No, it, it is. It's something that if you forget that, and I don't mean this in some kind of unctuous, sentimentalist way, if right. you forget that, then why? It, it goes away. Whatever this is goes away. Yeah. And then you just, then you just, tr- you, you, there's nothing special about this in that regard that you, that you have an ability to do this. That w- that would make you more special. I f- okay for me. Bottom line, that's not my identity, though. So my identity isn't. I draw comics. My identity is uh, husband and father. Yeah, yeah. That's that's on the tombstone. That's what I want him to say. Not he drew three issues of Batman. <laughs> um, Swamp Thing number you know, two scared him. <laughs> yeah, not that stuff. That stuff's the fun stuff that we do. That's yeah. the stuff of life. That's the spice and the fun. Right. But I. Absolutely, I'm knocked out when people. I see a line of people. Oh, I'm knocked that's out. Awesome. I'm knocked out of one person show. Do you up. come up to uh, Seattle for the for the Emerald City Comic Con? I the last time I was in Seattle, I was there a couple of times, and that was in the late '90s, early 2000s. I did it one in the '90s, one in mid '90s, and one in 2000s. And I loved it up there. I yeah. love Seattle. Well, you got to come up again, and when you do, I'm gonna. I'm going to beg you to come out and have a beer or at least have dinner with me. There, the, the funny part of what you said is the begging part. Like there yeah. would be begging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, of course. But yeah, I mean, cause I, I, I just, I, I feel like, so Kelly, I feel like I want to have a time and maybe you'll be down with, maybe you'll be up for this someday where we could sit down on video and have a conversation like this and just talk about our love of comic books, the medium, and even get into some of the movies and what they mean and how, and how sure. they change. We had a great conversation with Walton Louise Simonson about yep. everything. And it was so funny because we asked her about the Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah. She is not a fan of that movie. <laughs> no, look, uh, look, we're all, we're all weird about certain things, about mm-hmm. what we like and what we don't. And, what, I, and look, I'll be the first one to say my embarrassing thing is I was uh, like this one man roll, eye rolling. It's going to suck. Uh, who would ever go see it? I'm glad I'm not involved in the film ends because I wouldn't know. But I absolutely was reviling before, just 
reviling it before it came out was Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I think you and a I lot of people. <laughs> it, I said, now, oh, I said, oh, great. So now we hate. Now we've done superheroes so much just a couple of years, but we hate them, and we're going to do this, right? Right. Because I just saw a few things. Anyway, I go and have some kind of uh, minor dental surgery done, and I can't work for that day. And it's now on cable, right? It's on one of the cable stations. So it's that long after the fact, like six months or so after the fact. I'm laying there, and I'm too drugged out of my mind to find the remote and change the channel as it comes on. And like 20 minutes into this thing, it's my favorite superhero movie ever. Right, I'm just going. Oh my god, this is so good! It's funny. The music they hit—they probably hit your childhood pretty good. I can't believe how entertained I am, and so I watch it that whole time. And I and I go to my, I go, honey, come on in here, you gotta see this, (laughs) you know. And it comes on again because she she wanted to go see it, and I poo pooed it, right? So she didn't, and I and because I said go see it, I didn't want to see it. Then so we sit there and watch it, and she goes, man, that was really good. And then she punches me. I'm drugged, and she punches me. You didn't let me see that in the theater. So, but that's how much I missed it. And and I was I was so worried that they were going to make fun of what I loved, rather than, you know, I was shocked that they got to the core of what I loved. Yeah, the, this James Gunn hit the spirit of what a comic book movie should be like. You know right. what I mean? It, even right. though he changed and some things, it didn't matter. The heart was so right that you just like not this. really. Yes, and that's it. And not since the first Christopher Reeve Superman had I been hit like that by a superhero film or by a comic book movie where the heart was there, and it struck me, you know, like uh, I, that you could still be hit like that. The the thing I was always afraid of is I would go in there and criticize these because I, you know, I was loving Captain America first Avenger. I love that. And I was really digging, you know, I was, I was digging these things that Marvel was doing here and there. And I didn't mind the changes here and there. I didn't, yeah. you know, I understand they're, they're not talking to us. They're talking to people who don't have any clue as to what this stuff is. So, so I, I'm very forgiving that way. The, the uh, but, and I loved, you know, Nolan's Batman's. I thought, yes, they're very serious, but they, they're fun. I you know, think the Dark Knight. I, I think the Dark Knight uh, Returns one was. Oh, absolutely! I just, yeah. I just enjoyed Nolan. I, I enjoyed Nolan doing a literary take on something I loved. Yeah, I, I, I loved it. There's not very many of them that I, I don't like. Like a lot of people don't like the BVS, you know, Batman versus yeah. Superman. I, I understand what they don't like about it, and I agree with the writing and and some of you know how the story is convoluted and all that kind of fun stuff. A lot of people don't like. I can't remember the actor's name, but his portrayal of Lex Luthor, I felt like it's very contemporary. It's something what I feel like maybe an AD, an ADHD multi-billionaire, you know, tech yeah. conglomerate would be like Look, today. The thing is, the thing is that happens in in our in what we do is people begin to feel like they have to qualify why they love something. You don't have to qualify it. If you love it, you love it, and that's legitimate to me. That's sincere to me. God, most of the stuff I've loved. People always like go. That's crap. <laughs> you know, why would you love that? Or that's silly. Or that's whatever. I I love it. You know, time will bear out a lot of stuff. Look, I was in a theater as a in 1980 several times watching Kubrick's The Shining when all my friends said it's not the book. Yeah, it's not. How can you love it? I loved it. Yeah, because it wasn't the book. Yeah, the book is the book is wonderful. Different medium. The movie is wonderful. Yep. Yeah, they're both wonderful. And now, what are we talking about? You always see in the top three or four horror films ever made The Shining. Yep. Yep. 
Okay, and it's iconic, and it entered the it entered the the, the lexicon. Yeah. So Here's so no, I'm, I'm big, being a fan. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of being a fan, and I'm not the fan who says. I'm going to tell you what I don't like. I'm always the one who says I'm going to tell you what I do like. Yeah. And if I and if I don't like something, which is fine, I don't I don't rain on someone's parade. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like well, it generally makes me go and say, well, I'm going to go revisit that and see what it is. Maybe I miss something, and a lot of times I miss something. Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. I'm the exact same way. I mean, I'm just glad I get it because I can't sit through. Uh, I can't sit through a lot of stuff that I'm supposed to like that I hate, you know? And I think the comic book movie thing will go away. Everything does. So I'm going to enjoy it while it's here because it will change. The taste will change. It does. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Or they'll become silly or they'll do whatever. You know, Westerns were the dominant form for many years. And then they went away. And then you well, you only get a Western every once in a while now. Yeah. yeah but And – and that's how I feel. I, I know comic book movies, they, I don't know how much longer they'll last. Right now, they seem to be fine, but they're not going to be forever. Right. They, they can't. They're, well, they've calmed down, too, really, right? Because they got done, Marvel just got done with that whole phase, and now yeah. they've taken a year off, maybe even two. And maybe I, two. Because I, I, I think they understand that they can't just keep shoving them down and have no. people just think they got to take that break, take a step back, let it reload. Then go and again. what they did is they captured a zeitgeist in the yeah, hugeness of the of the whole storyline they just did with Thanos. Yeah, yeah, okay. they did. Then and and it was an organic thing. Well, let's connect them all up. Now they're going to do their thing. It'll be Marvel Universe, but they're going to have to say, "Will people be interested in a Morbius?" I will because I like that material. I'm looking. I love to Morbius. It. I'm so Me? so excited. When Me the too. '90s, I thought the nine. So when the '90s series for Morbius came out. I didn't know that more because I was 15. I didn't know, or 16. I didn't know Morbius had had a run, had other comics. I didn't know that oh, he came man. from Spider-Man back in the in the 70s. Oh, he is so, you, yeah, and now you know those early yeah. old 70s. Yeah, books are awesome. so I was all in. When, it, when Morbius number one came out in 19, was it 91 or whatever, I was all in. I was like, oh, I got to read yeah. this. And then I loved it. And, and then they canceled the series, not, you know, pretty quickly, actually, which was a really Yeah, they bumming. did because, the, well... Look, most of the stuff I loved in the 70s got canceled pretty quickly, but it's still around. And what I miss, and if I ran comics, I would do this. I would return to a Marvel premiere, Marvel spotlight kind of book. Oh, thank you. I would say let's try out new characters or let's take obscure characters and do something with them. The book is not committed to it, so it won't live or die. That's why spotlight and premiere could last so long. You you could do uh, Marvel two and one was a great idea. Why DC and Marvel do not do that now? I don't know. That way you can have rotating teams. You can have artists. You know, like I said, most artists can only do two or three issues in a row, right? Right. So, so that's the thing. Let put them on something like that, and there you can bring these things back and see what flies. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I I, I think it would. It's a gold mine waiting to be found. And and people wouldn't jump junk the book. They would, and oh, this is only for a few issues here. This is for a few issues there. Right. So you just follow it to see what's going to happen. That would be awesome. You know, uh, I remember loving an old Marvel comic. I think it was Amazing Adventures, and half of it was Kazar, but half of it was Doctor Doom. And I'd never, <laughs> I'd never seen a villain front a book before. 
Right. And it was all about the people rebelling against Dr. Doom and Viserys or wherever he lives. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I would kill for that now. You know, it doesn't have to be this giant mag- magnum opus and and re- so it could be reprinted in a big book. No, just these little things. Yeah. And you could bring people in and it's a safe place to start. I think and that's a great they- idea. They don't do a lot of that kind of stuff anymore. I loved like the Marvel team ups. And like yep. when they brought in uh, Mockingbird with, and they teamed her yep. up with Spider Man. Yep, it's a great way to introduce uh, and a character. You, and you could watch him. You could watch him retool a character. Like you had the cat turn into Tigra. You know, you had all these characters where they they would work them out like that. Yeah, Ad- Adventures into Fear. That's where you got Morbius. That's where you got Man Thing. You got, you know, okay, Man Thing's doing okay. Let's try Morbius. Okay, Morbius is. Eh, let's, let's try Frankenstein. You know, they would yeah. just keep throwing stuff at you. <laughs> And all these characters, it, it lasted. It made it. It, uh, it. it sustained itself. And now, like I said, I don't know if people will show up, if the regular people will show up and go see these things. Because now you're not talking Iron Man, Captain America. Not, you know, you're talking the Shang-Chi and all these secondary characters. I will be there because those are the books I bought in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I don't know. I can't speak to the, to the typical big tent audience. You're right. But... But you if, can't. You can't. If they, if if they go into it with lesser expectation, that's the and, key, right? And lower lower budgets, but full sincerity in making these things, I think they'll be fine. What I think they'll be, you know. What, what's a character that if you had your druthers, you're like, I want to do that character. I would want to do the Legion of Monsters at Marvel. <laughs> that would yeah, be your I, style. Would be perfect. I would love to do the Legion of Monsters. I want to do Man Thing, Frankenstein, Ghost Rider, Werewolf by Night, and Morbius. That would be the thing. Uh, I would love to see your rendition of Ghost Rider. Have yeah, you? I, 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 they, they draw themselves. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Is what do you got? What do you, what are you working on today? I just I'm on the last issue of Daphne Byrne for DC and Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on that. I'm also working on Heavy Metal 300. Right. Uh, I'm getting prepared, working through the early stages of stuff for DC for some other things. They're, 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 we're working out those things right now. Again, another thing with Joe Hill, Matt Wagner and I are putting something together too for oh, Dark fun. Horse. Yeah. How was um, working with Joe yeah, Hill? She's been uh, a blast. Yeah, I mean, he's pure enthusiasm. Oh, that's cool. So he's 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 uh, just a big idea machine, you know. You know what I love about Joe Hill is I read like Lock and Key, and I didn't know he was Stephen King's son. (laughs) That was his goal, and I just loved it. You know what I mean? Like this guy is great, and then and I kind of regret looking him up on on the internet and finding that out. You know what I mean? Just because I think I think I think it it's to his kind of his character you know it would be very easy to go in and use that leverage with with an audience but i also think it was very wise because it's detrimental too because now you got to live up to that you know yeah yeah so to come in and make his bones on his own name doing his own thing get a lot of street cred with that and now it now it's like just a cool little asterisk rather than the main thing right Right. No one ever talks about. I mean, no, people talk no, about it because actually, it's a side note, but no one. There's no comparison. No. Uh, in fact, I'd met Joe many years ago, 
before, you know, he was a kid. And I went to Maine because his dad wanted to buy a page from Dead Man. So I met Joe at that time. And he remembered it. I was thinking, oh, he wouldn't remember that. He remembered it. But he's been a blast. So he wants to do some, I mean. Wait, uh, wait, wait. You got to rewind there for a second because you kind of glossed over something right there. Stephen King went and bought a page from you for Dead Man? There was a a page from Dead Man he wanted. Well, no, the cool thing, here's where I get credit. This is where, within my family. I, I want this is say, why we keep it, going, Kelly. Yeah, this is like twenty, twenty, like fifteen, twenty years ago. When, whenever Tower was still around, Tower yeah. Records. Yeah. And my brother was a manager of of one of these places. He ran one of them. And for whatever reason, Stephen King was going through the area, and as a thank you to to the people at Tower and whatever this book for promoting doing this really nice promotion for him. He said he'd go in there and just privately sign some books for these guys. You know, all the people in the back rooms, all the, yeah. all the staff and everything. And he would sign books and spend some time with them. Oh, that's and cool. My, and it was going to be at my brother's store and I wasn't there. Right. I was, I was doing whatever. So my brother, he had known this and that King had liked stuff. I had drawn. He had, he'd liked my Batman quite a bit and a few things. That's cool. And anyway, King's there signing his stuff and do whatever. And my brother just says, you know. That brother again. Keep helping you yeah, out. Yeah. My, my brother, he uh, says, hey. Now, I didn't know he was there. He says, my brother says, hey. And he goes, and he goes, and your brother's, who's your brother? He says, Kelly Jones. He, you know, Sandman, Dead Man, Batman. And he stops what he's doing. And my brother loved this because now he was cool after this. He stops and asks how is Stephen King goes, how's, how's Kelly doing? Oh, man, I saw this thing. He just did that. And they start talking about whatever I was doing at the time. Oh, that's awesome. And so now all of a sudden everyone's looking at my brother like, hey, we got to be nicer to him. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, man. All if... of a sudden I'm starting to get deals on things when I go in there. They start giving me all these uh, deals. <laughs> and how do you keep... Why are you being nice to him? And my brother tells me the story. How would you goes, keep your well, head in check? King was in here and this thing happened. Well, that was very cool. Yeah. You know? uh, I wasn't there. I didn't, you know, but, but I liked that story because it was like King was still reading the books, you know? Yeah. Still God, reading that's, comics. That's incredible. And that's what it meant to me. I mean, at that time I was doing Batman. So he was reading monthly Batman because he was saying, he had told my brother, he says, well, tell him I really liked that these Batmans are one shots and two parters. I really like that. You know, you can just sit down and read them and it's, it's really cool. So those kind of things are very wicked. You know, little things like that make it wicked because it's like, Wow, he, he's – and then, you know, then I go on rad. to work with, with Joe. Yeah. But, you know, Jeff Johnson called me and he wants to do something. He's got some specific ideas and, and you know, I'll, we're running through those. So I've got a lot of things I'm going to be getting to. Right now I've been enjoying – I've really enjoyed working at Hill House. It, it feels like old comics to me oh, that's awesome. in the sense that they're allowed to do whatever they want to do. You know, yeah, it, I like a comic that is a reader, as a fan, as a buyer, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. You know what I mean, that meant I was that's how it used to be when I was buying them was, OK, are, you know, is there a sincerity to it? If, if, if that kind of thing, that energy from that kind of creativeness is cool, not there's a pre-planned thing that you ha- makes you do it. It's like, no, do you want it or do you not want it? Yeah, right, right, right. I like that, too. I like that, too. Yeah. It's just when you work like that, I think you keep a very loyal base of people. They don't feel like you're ripping them off or anything. Right, they right. don't feel. Well, so you don't like, feel like you're being dragged along. 
yeah. You know, buy the next uh, book. Buy the next book. This arc is never going to end. But buy the next yeah, one. See, when I did when I did Kings of Fear, I made it very clear that I didn't want it connected to anything they were doing. I just I I had said if it came out in 1972 or if it came out in 2032, it would be a separate. It it'd be pure Batman. It's canon. It's in their world. Yeah. But it's not tied to anything. So people, and this is what I always love telling DC, and they hate hearing it probably. I go, so they don't have to buy it. Yeah. Well, DC is actually really good about that. They do a lot of one shots and things that are encapsulated in their world, but you don't have to read everything else. They, uh, I'll I'll tell you what, I grew up a Marvel guy. Yeah. And I read everything that was Marvel. And and I did read DC, uh, look, Swamp Thing and and detective by Marshall. There were things that stood out to me. Okay. But I was a Marvel guy and that I have a career at DC is to me wonderful because they were the ones who could see who I was not Marvel. Now Marvel might now, but I mean at the Marvel that I knew in the eighties, they didn't, they couldn't, they didn't know what I I was. DC knew who I was within the first three or four months. And they were the ones to this day who say go further. They still say it and they still push that. Yeah. And as, as where I'm at, there's sometimes I will feel awkward to them about certain things. They're the ones who will say, Hey, no, 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 you keep doing what you're doing. You know? Yeah. They're the ones who keeps, who over all these years, over all the changes of, of personnel management, whatever, that core DC thing, that atmosphere is still the same. Marvel has fluctuated a lot to me, but DC has stayed the same. That I don't say it because I work at DC, right? But DC has me because they've stayed the same in that approach to developing talent. Yeah, I've always said I owe DC everything, but DC doesn't owe me anything, right? Because they let me do what I've done. I mean, I'm even talking to you because of decisions at DC. Right. Right. And so I don't say that as some company guy or did I'm not really. Right. I'm, no, you I'm can a, tell I'm, you're a fan I'm, before I'm, anything else. So you no, know, I'm I'm in the if DC was a solar system, I'm the planet that orbits furthest from its core. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you're no. Pluto. So I, you know, I, I'm not the guy they're going to come to and say, do whatever that they, that's fine. That's yeah. okay. But they still let me revolve around that big star. That's awesome. And I will always be grateful for that. So I, when I looked, when I was looking all up, all your stuff you've done, I mean, I, I know you from dead man. I know you from Batman, you know, and that's really it. I was yeah. a late person to Sandman. It's actually John, my coach that told me you need to go back and read Sandman. Uh, because when I was, I think it was 88 when Sandman came out, somewhere around there. I was 13, yeah, 14. And I was, a, I was a superhero guy. You know, that's what yeah. I wanted to read. And so it took me just until like 2017 that I read that series. And to be honest, I didn't go back. I knew it was Neil Gaiman, but you know, when you think Sandman, you think Neil Gaiman. That's what you think. Yeah. Right. And I remember being blown away by the art and everything, but I knew you from, from, from Batman and, and Dead Man. When I was yep. going through, I, I haven't seen you do anything, and you can correct me if I'm wrong and tell me tell me how could you miss this, but I haven't no. seen you do any creator-owned stuff yet. or have. I, or, no, I have. I did a thing for Dark Horse called The Hammer. The Hammer. Yes. I'm going to have to go back and check and that, that out. That's one of those things that I'm still bugged 
I'm bugged about doing more of them. But I kind of I I did two miniseries and some one shots with it. Yeah. And uh, IDW reprinted them all in a hardcover. Oh. And I, and I'm still asked about those all the time. Yeah. I mean, I have to say every week I get contacted about that. Did you ever I, think about going I, back and visiting? I did that and a series called The 13th Sun, which I was going to link them both together. Yeah. But but for me, I do I, now, this always happens to me. They ask would I do it? I stopped doing it because I I for the reasons I'm going to tell you. Sure. It, it sold well, it was well received. I've always been asked about it. That so all those things were taken care of. Right. It's that I missed the collaboration though. Oh. Yeah, I missed I missed I can understand comic. that. The teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, it, I love talking I love talking to the writer. I love talking to the letterer. I love talking to the colorist. I love working with everybody. Yeah. And out of those things, little special weirdness happens. Yeah. Seasons of Mist, a lot of weird, wonderful stuff happened out of it. Dead Man, Batman, all the things of when I did Swamp Thing with Lynn. All these things that weren't in the script and weren't in my mind, but we worked together and stuff happened. And that kind of stuff, I missed it. I just, I missed it. And so I would, what always happens is I'll, I'll go off on my own, do a thing, uh, do whatever I'm doing. And then someone will ask, do you want to do something, write something, whatever. And I'll go, well, you know, yeah, okay. And I'll forget that. I'll forget it. And I'll work on it. I'll realize this is very lonely. <laughs> you know, I sit and I write these things and I enjoy it. But there's that thing you miss where you're with your friends doing it. Yeah. So, and, and. I'm such an eccentric when I work that the editors I've worked with have been lucky because they they've kind of ca- they understand that if my art is eccentric, my writing is even more so. Right, and uh, that's why the hammer did very well for me. And and I did a, a one shot Zombie World. Mike Magnola did a series called Zombie World, and they asked me would I do an arc in it, and I I had no nothing to say about the zombie world then or zombies in general. Right. They're kind of limited. It's kind of a limited thing to me. Right. And so finally they cajoled me into just doing a one shot. (laughs) And, and I did a one shot that is probably in my career, the most notorious thing I'm accused of ever having done. And, and basically it's the same thing about Batman. Like I said, I don't know how to be Batman, but I know how to be afraid of Batman. Right. Um, It was the same thing. I don't understand zombies, but I understand being afraid of zombies. And that isn't interesting to me, but what if somebody who's already kind of a zombie and then zombies come, who's already such an outsider, but he happens to survive. And, the basic plot of the story is that he's such kind of an outsider that this girl in high school that he goes to the school with just is nice to him. That's all. Just says, hi, doesn't mean anything more than hi. Well, he falls in love with her from a distance. Yeah. Well, the whole world goes zombie and so does her. And while he's surviving and killing his grandmother and chopping up neighbors, he, she comes up as a zombie and he can't kill her. Right. So it's how do you have a relationship with her? <laughs> and the cool thing was I'd gotten uh, the people who did Shaun of the Dead hit, were very kind in letting me know they borrowed a few things from that issue. That's cool. 
And that's cool. Movie. I mean, I, I had Robert Kirkman wrote a really nice review of it. Yeah. And and had written a nice introduction when they reprinted it in a Dark Horse book. It's as wackadoodle thing as I've done. It's pure EC underground kind I of a thing. It. But those, so I have done it. And like I said, I'm very involved in the plotting or the planning and the construction of stories in general. But it's because, and, and, and I do have a, 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 a thing to write. I can write comics and I think I can do it pretty well. It's just, yeah. it's a lonely business for me. And I was always introduced to it as a collaborative effort. And I'm not a, I'm not a hog for the spotlight. I like it. I always like the teams. You know, you're, well, you're an outgoing Lee, person, obviously. So well, I Lee and, and Ween and Wrightson and and all the you know all these great teams that ever did things. And I always liked that. You know, I always done that. Yeah, I like that too. I like because I, I like you think Ween, you think Wrightson. Well, I always liked it was uh, Baron and Jones and Gaiman and Jones and yeah. Mench and Jones. I love that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way you put them together, it sounded like a law firm. <laughs> it does, it does. But, but, but it, that's that's the kinetic energy of these things. And I don't try to overthink comics. I just try to feel them and let it wash over me, and not try to analyze it or not try to explain them. I don't want to know it. You know, I don't want that. I want that emotional reaction. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. And if I can do that with some other people, that's more fun. Well, you know what? When you're working on something and you're bored, you can call me. I'll, I'll sit and talk with you. Okay, okay there you go. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. It's, it's no problem. I'm telling you right now, I would be uh, more that. than okay for that. No, that that you look what that's life though. That's yeah. the fun of the thing. So so you know, when I was a kid, talking about how exciting the latest issue of Thor was. It's the same thing when you're working with someone. Yeah. You get that same energy. You do. We So John and I had an idea for a whole story, and it was electric. You know, yeah. we were going through and talking about it, and we have it all worked up now. We we actually did a whole podcast on it. It it came – that's what's the cool thing about it. We started talking about this story, and it organically grew during us having this podcasting session with just the two of us. And now we're yeah. like, okay, we've written everything down. Now we got to go back, and now we want to we want to do another podcasting se- uh, session to build upon it. You know what I mean? To really bring it together, no, look, and then I go totally, it. I totally get that. See, I, I do. I don't sit here without. I have notebooks filled with finished stories I've written. Yeah, that there are that there are people who want to publish those, but then I'd have to sit down and do it and the whole thing, and then it's like, eh. Yeah. Because I'm alone. I know as soon as I do it, I've committed myself to six months of loneliness. Right. Yeah, that's you know, not good. Six months of not, you know, when I talk to Matt Wagner about the stuff we're doing, there's a real excitement. Right. Like you just described. Right. When I talk to Jeff Johns, there's this real, it's just this thing that happens. When I'm by myself, you know, it's not, it. it's, okay. I mean, I can see it in my head and right. it's almost kind of finished at that point. It's like, okay, it's in my head. I can see it. It's finished. The physical doing of it now seems like drudgery as opposed out. to, yeah. And I always I always think of comics, to me, the eccentric thing with me is the title should be not anything to do with what it's about. <laughs> you know? yeah. It should be these odd titles. And I always have to go against, like, one publisher really wanted me to do this book, and, he, and they were great. It, it, they were wonderful and nice, 
And the sticking point was the title because I wasn't going to give up the title. Right. And they wanted the title to be more about what it was. And my title sounded like uh, a YA teen girl book. But you know what you're doing. Why, why, why would they even why would they even argue with you about that? I, I think a lot because it is that eccentric. Yeah. And sometimes I have to, to be in all honesty, I have to sometimes listen to them because I realize I am like the rider fell off of me and I'm the horse and I just run crazy <laughs> and, everyone, and everyone else is going around the track and I'm running up and doing all this other stuff. Right. And I, and I realized, Oh, the rider fell off again. Right. So That's I have funny. to remember that and go, okay. And then I'll come back and go, no, they're no, I'm going to stick to my guns on something. Right. This is something that needs um, to be this way. Right. And, and, but I'll, and I'll do that. I, I, but the title was just so out there. Yeah. Well, it, it didn't convey the kind of gut wrenching horror that I was going to do. Right. Which was very, and they would love, they love the stories and the, what I wanted to do. Cause it wasn't, and again, it's very now they didn't mind the main thing, the eccentric thing of no main characters, right? That that it's a place, not a person. Okay. That I like that, that the short stories run into one another and create a whole thing. They mm. love that. Yeah. Probably probably because it sounds like a TV proposal now. Kind of reminds they, me of Creep Show. Right. Well, it's just this bizarre thing. Yeah. Right. But what it was was it was a place, not a. And and there would be regular characters, obviously, but that was the thing, and they were digging it. And they and I said, well, here's how it connects. Here's the bigger picture. Here's what's going to happen. And then it becomes like Conan the Barbarian. Oh, nice. All, you know, so it's all this regular stuff and blah blah blah. Oh, and I, I said, it. so there's here's all the you know when you're doing a pitch, you hit all the high points. And then I told them the title, and that you I could ah their faces went dead. <laughs> <laughs> and I went well. Look, I'll change. I will totally change and do and all the rest. The title's got to stick, though. Right, right. Because it's that's that's the point. Do you think you'd go it, back now and be like, if they came back and said, "How how do you feel about that title today?" You might be like, "Yeah, maybe." Or are you like, "No, it's got to stay." No, nowadays, now, pro I mean, this has been kicking around for a while, and and it, they would uh, now I could just do it, right? right. I don't think it'd be an issue at all, and I think it would be fine. You could do it and on Kickstarter too. But it's still when I when I when when it it's those things I. It, the the main thing is that when you when you say something or when i say something i have to remind myself they don't know the joke and i'm telling a joke but i tell the punchline not the joke thinking they know the joke and <laughs> that's why i'm with my friends you know right. when we're all talking because we all know this stuff if if regular normal people were listening to us they would not understand what we're talking about right okay not if people are talking about whatever else in the world, normal stuff, we'd all understand. But when you get into this, the weeds of comic books, they don't understand the lingo, the jive, the, the any of this. Stuff. Right, right. So sometimes editors wisely understand that there's outsiders to this thing. Normal <laughs> people, normal people are going to. The look normies at it. have got to understand yeah, the title. And if, they, if they look at a title like that, they're going to walk right on by. They're not going to look. That's their thinking. And I go, okay, I get that. I understand that. But then at a certain point, I always say, well, but I have put in God knows how many years doing this. Yeah, the covers maybe, will get them. When it comes yeah, to comic books, the covers will, will get them. They'll come to it just on that alone. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, totally. You know, one of the things we do here at Spoiler Country, Kelly, is we get together with creators and artists and, you know, people that have uh, made books, obviously. It's also the same thing. But we had uh, Stefan Frank on. Do you know, have, Are you familiar yep. with Stefan Frank? 
Mm-hmm. So he he's not the first, but he's one of the guys we've done this with where he brought – I loved Silver. I met Stefan in – me and John met Stefan in San Diego Comic-Con back in 2017. He is literally the first – when I walked into the con, he was the first booth I saw. And I went there, and I basically blew my whole wad that I planned on spending over the weekend. And I was like yeah. – you know, because I loved his, his work is phenomenal, you know, and he's yeah. such an affable guy. You can't help but love Stefan when you right. meet him. No, I agree. So we had him on and we took, he's been on like, he's been on a, a, a half a dozen times, but we had him on, come on one time and we took one of his books and we did a DVD commentary on his book. And we went page by page and talked about what he was thinking about, why he came up. We talked about composition. We talked about the story, how he came across to this point. You know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. And it's it's a really fun thing to do because you go, you know, you get to learn about the book that you're you've loved. And I'm just I'm putting it out there. It's okay to say no if 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 that'd be too much. But if you'd love to do that with one of your books that sure. of your choice. Sure. A book of no, your I'll choice. Tell you what, I'll tell you what. It's so if you wanted to, if you mean doing that, I don't mind doing that. Yeah. You pick the book. Okay, that's you easy. You pick the book. It okay, works we're gonna better with. Yes, it works better that way, and then I can answer those questions rather than pontificate. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it always works better if someone picks the book they okay, love. Okay, we're gonna try to. I, I mean, in my in my heart of hearts, because you called it your your favorite era of working on your books. I want to pick yeah. Dead Man. But maybe okay. we should pick something no. that's a little. Ass- no. no, you think that that's the one? No, if if that's your first look, I'm always big on when I'm making decisions, drawing. You you pick the one if that's your gut, go with it, and that's fine. Whatever. I mean, if you change your mind, then you yeah, 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 else. yeah, absolutely. But always go with that first thought, your first reaction, and don't try to think what I would like. No, I no, mean, no. You, yeah, I yeah. Told, I'm just thinking told, that but, it because a part of me is like, I. I Okay, you're so you're super well known for Batman. You're super well known for for uh, Sandman. You're super well known yeah. for Dead Man. It's kind of fun to find that that diamond in the rough that no one knows about. Absolutely, you and know? if you want to go hunt it down, you can hunt it down. Yeah, and the, the cool thing is, is we can tell everybody what book it's going to be, and before you know, before the series comes out, so they can go and find that book either digitally yeah. or hopefully. They get that great smell when they crack the plastic and yes. open up the book. Yes, that, you know that wonderful feeling. No, yeah, that's like, my favorite part of when I buy a book, like on eBay. Like I have a couple books that are CGC, and I hate it. You know, because there's a yep. part of me like I just want to crack this thing open, but then I don't want to crack it open because I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the book or anything. But then it's like oh, I got to crack this stupid thing open. You no, know? You got, no, you have to because you know what? That's what they're for. You, you, thank you. That's exactly that is, right. That, that is exactly what they're for. I got an eerie number four, and it smells like 1958. You know what I mean? Look, it, if 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 it was about just collecting them to do this, it becomes sterile. Yep, it's boring. So I don't care. I don't care about the value and the grading system. I don't even understand the grading. Neither system. do I. You know? I want it, certain it, series just because I love that that character, and I want the first appearance because I yeah. love the character. And then when I get a book signed. And the artist or writer or or the editor or whoever it is that's signing it, and they and ask me, do you want me to make it out to you? It's 100% of the time, yes, because I'm yeah. never getting rid of this book. So please, make no, it out to I, Kenrick. All Everything I have, the my kids will have to deal with it. <laughs> I won't. I mean, that's how it might be, too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. In fact, each move is getting subsequently harder because it's taking longer to pack everything, right? Because I collect everything right so 
so no, I mean, I, there's the thing with, with when I do is I put so many things in it that I figure no one will care about, see, you know, it's just there. If they reread stuff, it starts showing up, right? Then there'll be images within things or there'll be angles or there'll be symbolic stuff. It's how I pass my day. It isn't to be smart. It's just how I, I think, well, you know, if I do that enough, it'll add atmosphere to it. And I think a lot of what, what I like you saying on this is sometimes you can, you know, I don't, I, I'm big on ambiguous and I don't like to explain a lot of stuff, but on something like that, you can show how you do something or you can say why you did something. And that's interesting, you know, and that doesn't ruin the experience for anybody. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kelly, what do you think? You think we should put a pin on it this time? I think so. Let's try to do that. Yeah, let's try. We we I think we've said bye to each other twice, and now we're three hours in. <laughs> Get the hell off the phone. <laughs> three hours, seven minutes, 17 seconds. <laughs> well, no, look, it has been, you know, an absolute, uh, it, it's went very quickly, hasn't it? it, it super quick. I, really I, I feel quicker. like I'm talking, honestly, Kelly, after this conversation, I, I I want to consider you a friend, not a guy that just I, came on my interview and, and did an well, interview on my I, podcast. I I have beat you to that because I already consider you guys friends. So oh, that's perfect. Cool. I mean, are you on Twitter? No, and everyone gets on me for not being on Twitter. Yeah, you don't have to be on. <laughs> you don't have to be on Twitter. And and I, you know, I probably because I I would forget. Yeah. You know, and then they would say, "Where are you?" And they'd either be concerned or think I, you yeah. know, you know what I'm I'll do snuff- is when we when we get off, I'll send you on on skype that we just you know what i mean i'll just send you my my email and my my personal cell and that way you can you know get a con get a hold of us anytime i that sounds great okay well kelly thank you so much for coming on well thank you for having me it's been a blast all right all right we will talk later bye-bye bye We are back. Welcome back to NPR. I'm, uh, I'm John, and that's Kenrick. And we hope you enjoyed that nice and calm interview with Kelly Jones talking about Sandman. And uh, we wish you a great day. Very calm. Very calm. Very I calm. Think, I only ever think of Alec Baldwin on Saturday Night Live and Keith Sweaty Balls. <laughs> Shwe- Every Shwe- time balls. I hear NPR, that's what goes through my head. <laughs> it was so balls. classic. Do you remember that one? Dude, yeah. yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> You, you know, never know. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. Uh, so everybody's now heard of, oh. all three parts yeah. of our interview here. That's what Kendrick, I was just going to say. What? I had a, I'm setting you up, man. Do it. What were you mentioning a couple episodes ago that people have to look forward to with Kelly Jones? Ooh, well, we actually have two things, but we're going to only talk about one because the second one, we're still working it out, making sure that... Uh, we're going to be able to do it, which we probably will, but I don't want to mention it and be like, you know, it's a year yeah. later. You know what I mean? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> but what we're doing with Kelly next, which is going to be a lot of fun, as you gathered from all, th- if you've listened to all three of those, matter of fact, if you listen to any one of those three of the uh, interviews with Kelly, you will know that his first love is the horror genre. Yep. He loves drawing horror. He loves 
putting it out there. That's how he got into comics in a lot of ways. That's what he likes to watch, all that kind of stuff. But he loves the classic horror stuff. So I reached out to Kelly and we talked about, we're going to do a, just, just, just a one-off episode, just like a normal episode, but just with Kelly and, and John and I, and we've all watched the the classic original universal monster movies. We're talking Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Wolfman, and Creature from the Black Lagoon. And there's Which, some other ones think- that are sm- smattering around that as well. Yeah, there's like yeah. uh, Daughter of Dracula. Um, I didn't realize that there's that many. There's there's like five or six Frankenstein movies. <laughs> right, all Son in of Frankenstein, the, in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the first two are the only ones that are really, you know, I watched the first yeah. three, but yeah. uh, the first two is ridiculous. And like, uh, I'll be honest, man, when I watched Bride of Frankenstein, you know? Yeah. I had never seen it. But it is so culturally it. iconic and that you've seen the posters and you've seen scenes from it and you've seen the bride so many times that you, in your mind, you think you've watched it, especially right. when you're seeing it at 40 and you've gone through 40 years of just that being <laughs> such a cultural iconic image, you know? Right. And then you start to watch it. You realize I've never seen this. Right. Well, and what's cool too about this whole, this universal monsters, it's like, this is the first like movie cinematic universe, right? Cause all these movies take place in the same yeah, you really know, monster is. verse. Yeah. yeah it's, it was really cool. They did that way back then. And you know, for all of their feelings now trying to make it to, to redo it now the, the originals are just so classic. So the goal is to talk about the movies and to talk about their cultural significance and what came from them and why those movies are so important. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I'm having a lot of fun rewatching all these and watching like Bride for the first time. I'm having fun watching these ones and oh. I watched a lot of these with my dad as a kid and it's it's, it's, Dude, so, it's cool. So Dracula is great. Frankenstein is phenomenal. It is it yeah. holds up yeah. today. It really does. The writing is phenomenal. The acting's phenomenal. The picture quality is phenomenal. The special effects are phenomenal. The right, everything right. about it is like what the fudge. Yeah and yeah and same with Bride. It's right. the same. I'm excited to talk to Kelly about him because uh, I it's this is a, I, I love as you know I love monsters and horror stuff hence yep. why I made a, a a horror book. Yep. So Me it's going to be exciting. Yep. Yeah. Okay, guys. <clears throat> That's a show. You made it to part 3 of Kelly Jones and I hope you really enjoyed that. Now, obviously that's much longer than our normal, hence why Johnny broke them up for you to enjoy more and you can take your time on listening to them. But if you enjoy listening to interviews with some amazing creators, both in the comic industry and TV shows and movies, then head over to spoilerverse.com and check out our back catalog because there is a ton of shows there. And we also have a lot of podcasts for you to enjoy, not just our own. That's right. And we have articles and previews and reviews and, and stories about the paranormal and thought pieces. And you can find out what Jay had for lunch yesterday and so much cool stuff on the website on spoilerverse.com for you to check out and to, and to just take up all your lunch break at work. And there's a store link in the middle there on the top bar. You can click on that, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, get a face mask when you go out in public because you should wear a mask right now. And all that stuff, you can go help you buy it and help support us a little bit, help us pay the bills. You know, we don't charge for anything we do here and every, everything we do comes out of carrying to my pocket. But we happily do it because we have so much fun doing all this stuff and we think it's just a great way to share what we love with the, with the world. But if you do want to help us out, that store link can buy in a shirt really, really does what, you know, does the trick. 
There you guys go. All right, Johnny, what do you think? I think we're good, man. All right, then. That, so that's a show? That's a show. All right. And as you guys know, we always end it as... In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do... Open the mind and read more. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> there you go.